Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, listeners. You have reached the voices of the Cannabis Wars news right from the front lines. Uh, where we give, we tell you what's going on from what we know um, when it comes to the end of prohibition. Um, I know a lot of people might think prohibition is over because we've got so many state laws that, that you know, kind of reflect the end of prohibition. But it's so crazy because the reflection when you look in the mirror is a nasty, 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 scary law called the Schedule One uh, Federal Drug Law. Um, and it's also what's really scary about it is, is that they're locking us away left and right, and they're killing us. I don't know how many prisoners right now, like Jerry Duvall, okay, who's sitting there t- being tormented in the shoe in the hole, who was just a patient, okay, who grew some plants on his land. He's sitting there being tormented. He's a really sick man in the shoe. And he never heard anything. But yet the federal government owns a patent. The patent number is 6630507 on the plant. I mean, how are they going to own the plant number on the plant and own all of our people, not all of them, but own all people in prison for having the plant? It just doesn't make sense. I mean, why? And not to mention the people that have died over the plant, which if you tune into the end of the show, you will get a very long uh memorial regarding our people who have died for the plant. I'm going to go into that. But um, this show is, is brought to you by volunteers. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is this U.S. patent. Mindy, the other host of the show, has lined up an interview with Amy Berlin-Hilterbrand, which we're going to ask her exactly how to pronounce her name in a few minutes. She's going to be our first guest. She started a campaign at grassroots in the grass, it's a grassroots movement um, called Talk to the Hand, where, I mean, I don't know all about it, so I'm really anxious to find out myself, but I guess you're writing the Talk to the Hand on the hand, and you're putting it on Facebook to show um, show everybody that there's a pantage, but we'll figure more out about it, um, but we're going to, um, also after that, we're going to talk to Craig Cecil, and Craig is serving his 15th year of his life sentence in prison right now for cannabis, and um that's not acceptable. So what he does to try to fight for his freedom is he calls into our radio show every single Sunday to try to get his voice heard because that might, that might help other people fight for his, his freedom. So pay attention and listen to him. You don't want to hear, miss his voice. Then at 945, <clears throat> we're going to talk to George Monterano. George Monterano served 33 years of a life sentence in prison and just recently got out in the last, I don't know, eight or nine months. But I will say George calls in every Sunday for Georgie's Corner, but I haven't confirmed with him that he's calling in this Sunday. So hopefully, we, hopefully we'll talk to him. Right after George, we're going to talk to a friend who's a friend to all of our life prisoners, all plant prisoners. Um, she helps so many prisoners out um, when they desperately need her, and she's right there for them. Her name is Sherry Sicard. 
and she got a group. Um, her group is called Marijuana Lifer Project. And Marijuana Lifer Project puts focus on how you the marijuana lifers. So you can go to her her face or her Facebook wall, C H E R I Sicard, and find out now. Um, and if you have any questions for her, you can call in at about 10 o'clock and talk to her and ask her a question. After Sherry, we're going to talk to another, oh, my gosh, this is an ex-POW by the name of Stephanie Landa. She's got a group called Freedom Grow, and she just she got out of prison. Now her son's in prison for the plant, and Freedom Grow raises commissary money for all of our plant prisoners. So, because you know, we made a flyer, and if you're listening, please go to Facebook right now and share the flyer I have on my Facebook wall. We have it on the Voices of the Wars Facebook wall. Mindy Griffiths has it on her Facebook wall. And just share it. It's a address to uh, Jerry Duvall, who we just talked about, who was suffering in prison. You can write him a letter. And so that's she's like, I'm going to send Jerry some money right now. So, like, she kind of puts a Band-Aid on our prisoners' pain through commissary money because, you know, our prisoners have to work for 12 cents an hour every single day, and then they barely have enough. They make, like, $12 a month, and they have to buy – they can't even buy their own commissary, their own shoes, things like that. So – Stephanie helps with that. We're going to be talking to her. Um, and after that, we're going to be talking to Tom Corby, and he's going to give us a news update from Northern California. And please remember, this show is all brought to you by volunteers. Uh, thanks to CCHI 2016 for giving us this platform, and for Becca and Mindy and um, everybody who helps us out with this show, the listeners and the guests. So stay tuned. We have a beautiful show. Um, I, we've got uh, Mindy is the other host of the show, and she's getting some calls right now as we wait for our first guest um, to call in. But um, while we wait for her, I just want to mention that I saw a news article that is very, 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 very serious to me, and I was supporting it, and I'm just looking for it here. I don't know a lot about it, so I'm putting a message out to anybody who might know about this. It's called a prison around the U.S. might see some of the largest inmate strikes ever seen in nation's history. Um, and prisoners and correctional facilities across the country released a call to action letter, which say to aims to slavery. Um, and so it's it's what uh, the the and, and it reads basically that they may have been they may have replaced the whip with pepper spray, but many of our other torments remain: isolation, restraints, uh, stripping off our clothes, investigating our bodies as we are like we are animals. Well, basically. Our, our prisoners are tired of working for 12 cents an hour, so they're going to be, looks like a strike. I have no idea what's going on it, but I really feel like we should all be behind it a little bit and support them from the outside as they're going to be going through some of the Okay, so Mindy's done screening. So I want to introduce you this morning, Mindy. Um, this is the other host of the show, Mindy Griffiths. Good morning, Mindy. Good morning. How are you doing? How are you doing? I was just doing saying fabulous. hi as we were waiting for, for our guest to call, our first guest to call in. Yeah, I'm having a hard time finding her. Um, she's a very prompt individual, and so I assume that there would be a reason she hasn't called in yet. Um, we could talk a little bit about um, Talk to the Hand. Okay, but first, Mindy, can, I want to just talk about, um, real quick while we wait, I want to talk about uh, hemp stock this year. Oh, and our affiliation with Hempstock, and you, you're going to be volunteering for them and for our group as well. So um, what do you know about Hempstock? Oh, what do I know about Hempstock? It's a, been a Portland staple for a long time. 
it's um, very much like Hemp Fest, just a little smaller and more intimate. Um, it'll be at Kelly Point. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That's where it used to be, Kelly Point Park. It's going to be at Tom McCall Waterfront Park downtown. And um, there is a website for it. I encourage anybody wanting to go to check it out and look at the uh, participation agreement. There's There are some rules here in Oregon. It is still illegal to consume cannabis in public, so we're not allowed to consume on um, – you know, they're at Hempstock, last I heard. Now, there is um, talk, and if you go to their Facebook page, you can follow it along. They are trying to get some sort of a permit to waive that for the uh, event. Um, now, oh, wow. our, city, our city hasn't been very kind to Hempstock in the past um, as far as... Um, pulling our permits, um, we were, had to fight really hard to keep them, um, making us move from Kelly Point to um, downtown, which is not, um, it's not a better location, things like that. So um, we've had to really work hard to keep hemp stock. And so I really encourage people to come and show your support. Prohibition isn't over in Oregon at all. We still have people in prison for pot or going to jail um, on the state level as well and um, you know sometimes people don't want to go because they can't smoke weed there but that's why we still need to go because someday we're going to be able to smoke weed there just like in Seattle and it's going to you know and we just need to keep fighting for those rights cool we, our, booth, our booth is going to rock it for the pot prisoners as it always does yeah I was going to say we're going to have um we're going to have our group there. We're coming from Washington. We're trying to get some letters signed. So if you are listening and you would like to donate uh, money, uh, we need about probably 50 to $100 in order to get all of the letters printed. Usually, um, okay, so you guys, Mindy's going to dip out and screen. It looks like we might have our next guest on the line. So I'm just going to talk to you guys a little bit about um, what we're going to be doing there. So if you guys want to just help donate or print letters, I can send you a file and you can print it right from there. You can download it and print it from your home and then give it to us. But we want to get hundreds and hundreds of letters signed. Last year, we got a bunch of them signed for one of our lifers, and they are free. I, I think I want to say I don't think it was Billy Deacle. I, I don't remember who who it was right now, but she is free. So we do have our next guest on the line. Um, it's going to be really awesome because we're going to talk to Amy Berlin Hilterban about this U.S. patent that the government has on cannabis. Um, Mindy's still screening the call, so as soon as she's done, we're going to introduce her. But I'm um, just still, let's, let's just go back for a second and just still think, why do we have Craig Cecil calling in at 930 from prison, serving a life sentence, and the federal government owns a patent on the plant that he's been charged with? I just don't get it. That is not fair. Okay, so here we go. We're going to introduce Amy, and this is Amy... Berlon Hilterban. Good morning, Good morning. Amy. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. We're we're <laughs> doing well, doing well, um, and grateful. So thanks for having us. Cool, Amy. Our wow. show we do a lot of, a lot of prison outreach here, and I was just telling our guests like, why do we have so many people in prison for a plant, and there's a U.S. patent on it, and they own it, and they're putting us in jail for it still. 
That's exactly right. Um, and the hypocrisy behind that is actually that's the basis for the reason why I started the Talk to the 6630507 Hand campaign was because um, so many people do not realize that the U.S. government is holding hostage a plant. They've they've proven that it's medicinal, and this particular patent, with numerous patents, but this particular patent proves that it not only is cannabis medicinal, but that it is non-toxic, therefore non-lethal. In addition, it has uh, decades of research, which helps to disprove the myth that cannabis has no long-term science and study behind it. So, in short, this one particular patent of the many completely disqualifies the plant from the Controlled Substances Act entirely. And so, therefore, it should be removed immediately and should also be the basis for any legal representation against a a marijuana or cannabis charge. So uh, when it's only cannabis or marijuana, when you start intermingling other drug charges, the technicalities get really muddled. And that's part of the reason why we've got such a fight right now is because they are comparing a non-lethal plant to lethal pharmaceuticals. And, you know, America is faced, we are in the midst of an opioid epidemic crisis. And we're talking about lives being shattered and people dying. And they're worried about a plant that is saving lives. And so, you know, with my husband and I, we relocated from the state of Oklahoma um, where we lived. My husband was a fireman there. He is a Republican, non-cannabis consumer. But we have a 14-year-old son named Austin who has Dravet syndrome, which is the catastrophic form of epilepsy. So in addition to the seizures, you have this miserable cognitive decline similar to Alzheimer's. We had our son on pharmaceuticals for 10 years, every day, daily pharmaceuticals, and he would have daily seizures. And the doctors told us that there was no more that they could do, um, that the disease would take him, but at that point the organ damage that had been caused by the pharmaceuticals would likely kill him before, um, and they gave him a, a two two years, and that was four years ago because we immediately tried legalizing medical marijuana in Oklahoma, which failed miserably. And so my son and I moved to Colorado where we began treating him with cannabis while weaning him off of pharmaceuticals. Unlike many of the people out there, um, I had been researching cannabis in this particular patent for years prior to us moving, and um, it wasn't really relative to our son. It was just an exposure I thought was interesting when I started researching seizures, and I took a class that had to do with cannabis and its medicinal effects. So when we figured out that the cannabis was working, which was immediate because his first dose this boy who had five to 20 grand mal seizures every day, sometimes hundreds a day, had no seizures for three days. And the, the irony and the hypocrisy in it was that my husband, who was still a fireman in the state of Oklahoma, one state away was able to legally administer this medicine that was treating our son when no pharmaceuticals had. And if we had done that in our own home state, he would have been considered a felon rather than a fireman. So we took that personally, and, um, and it really, it's, 
this is it's very similar you know our veterans and I, and I want to I want to kind of it's part of the hand campaign so I want to take a moment to mention this Chris Lewandowski is a Marine Corps veteran who served three tours in Iraq and Afghanistan he was honorably discharged this man has faithfully served his country he had traumatic PTSD and was at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. The pharmaceuticals were causing him hideous side effects and were not treating his illness. So he began growing six plants of marijuana to try it, to see if, if the plant. The man was facing life in prison for six plants. He goes to sentencing next month in Oklahoma. This Marine veteran, this American hero, is going to the state of Oklahoma and is facing five years prison and felony, a title as a felon, for six plants. And What's his is, name? His name is Chris Lewandowski. He Chris and his Lewandowski. Wife, when, do you say he goes to, when does he go to court? He goes to court. His court date in Oklahoma, uh, in Comanche County, in front of Judge Taylor, is October 19th. And we currently, he and his wife, Whitney, and their three children have joined the talk to the 6630507 hand campaign. Um, we have actually put together a petition for President Obama to pardon him because we have heard that the state is trying to push. They are going for the full five years. And this judge, this judge has the opportunity to show logic and compassion when our own government, the government he represents, the government that this Marine veteran defended, has a patent that disqualifies that, that sentencing, that he would dismiss, that he could you know, put him on probation, whatever the highest leniency that this judge has, that's what they should do. That's what every elected official in the United States should be doing right now. Because law enforcement and they, the, our, our police, our sheriff department, our fire department, these people want to know that criminals are criminals. They want to put murderers, rapists, uh, they want to child molesters in jail. They don't want to put veterans who are using a plant in jail. But our politicians and our laws don't allow them to do that. So in the midst of us getting that changed and getting those dastardly leaders out and getting true elected officials in that will represent the citizens of America, the people that are sitting in those decision-making seats right now have to take it back to knowing it is their choice. They have a choice. They do not have to uphold unjust laws that are based on things that are not science and data. And I, what, what kind of statement does this send to our soldiers and our military and our veteran community? It riddles them oh. with fear. And, and truly, because the basis is, is – it, it shouldn't have to go into discussion of whether you call it cannabis or marijuana, whether you're using CBD or THC, whether THC gets you high – because like I've told many people, our son has never been as high on cannabis as he was on pharmaceuticals. But it shouldn't go that far. This is America. In 2016, 
and the Declaration of Independence allows us inalienable rights, and that means we get to choose what we consume, and nobody has that right for us. So we need our elected leaders, our judges, you know, the cops on the street to, to use logic and compassion here and stop this madness. We are imprisoning citizens, and no citizen um, Amy, goes into jail and comes out without being a criminal. Amy, I just want to tell you, our group, Voices of the Cannabis War, we have sat in a lot of courtrooms to help defend people who are going to facing prison time for a plant. And so we are voices for them, and we want to do anything we can help to help Chris. Also, we love your campaign. And we want to help join it. We want to, We are the voices of the cannabis war. And when you, my, my father, you really died are. I am such a fan of you guys. <laughs> I, re, I, I mean, um, you, you really are. Um, my dad, he died in federal custody, shackled to a bed. He was a caregiver in Montana, and it's not acceptable. So we want to help you help Chris in any way we can. We write for a couple different magazines, so we'll be writing about your campaign and about Chris. I'd also. Our group would like to put together an image because we believe court support is number one in order to keeping each other out of prison. So um, hopefully we can help get together an image so that we can share because we can get a court support for him and just get the awareness out there about Chris because we don't want his voice to be, be unheard for one minute. So um, I just want to tell you that um, everything you say, we are like on it. And I don't even know. I think Mindy has a list of questions to ask you. Um, Absolutely, but I that'd be might amazing. Have, I'd like to throw out real quick. We started using the hashtag. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I know that um, we are going to go ahead and start throwing out the trending, the hashtag, keep Chris free. And Chris is spelled with a K, K-R-I-S. Keep Chris free is the hashtag we're really going to start pushing um, for okay. him. So anything and and you know I'm just I'm incredibly grateful. So yeah, absolutely. Any questions that I didn't okay. cover, uh, I'd be honored to answer. Okay, cool. I I would Maybe. like you to talk a little bit more about where your um, campaign started. How you went okay. from wanting to make a difference to the hand with the patent on it. Absolutely. Well, my husband and I founded the American Medical Refugees here in Colorado, which is a support group for other families that have relocated um, to legally use cannabis uh, from a state or a country where it's illegal to use cannabis. And so we currently have 172 families from 34 different states and three different countries because even some of the CBD, even some of the medical marijuana states are CBD only and Cancer patients, cancer patients need THC as well. So in the last year and a half, in addition to our son, we have seen cannabis work with hundreds of patients that we know as friends when pharmaceuticals were doing hideous damage. So we really, truly, truly believed, especially after knowing the scientific proof that's out there that should have cannabis eliminated completely from the CSA, we really felt like the DEA and the FDA were going to do something this time. Um, I was I was leery. I felt like they would push it to Schedule 2, which I believe gives it completely to big pharmacy and is not a gateway to research and, and, and wondrous, wondrous things. I think it uh, opens up to more manipulation. It needs to be removed completely. 
Yeah, it needs you to be removed completely. Yeah, neither alcohol or tobacco are on the CSA, and both are lethal. Mm-hmm. Cannabis is proven non-lethal, so it just needs to be removed completely. And so because of that, when I when I heard wind of it, my husband and I were watching a story, and I'd been talking to somebody on the phone. I literally, when the news came, I just put my hand up and, and physically just wanted, because I'm so sick of hearing lies. And knowing the hypocrisy, and it was one of those things that I walked over, and my husband said, what are you doing? And I was, I got a black marker, and I was writing on my hand, and I said, I'm literally going to tell them to talk to the hand. And just, I need them to know that I know they're lying, so I'm just going to just flash the number of proof. And so I was incredibly surprised, obviously, that the campaign launched. I had been thinking about launching it. It's been a platform of mine literally for years, but I believe the the stars aligned um, with not only social media presence, but the fact that there are so many people that know that cannabis is medicinal and truly felt that, that the FDA and the DEA are just manipulating the plant and keeping it hostage. So um, I, I had no idea that it would go viral and global as quickly as it has, but I can only say I'm, I'm honored and humbled that it has. It's, it's, it's an education campaign that has, has quickly become a capacity to become an action campaign, and that is desperately what the cannabis and the marijuana movement needs because they are taking the plant back even in legal states. Colorado is a perfect example. And so we have to fight for our rights. We cannot get lazy. November is coming quickly. So they are making desperate, bold moves to implement laws that will linger for years. So even if November we get cannabis-friendly elected leaders, they won't be able to have any logical or compassionate laws, and that's just going to stall. We're going to continue this madness of the war on drugs, which is just the war on people and the war on poor and the war on blacks and the war on Hispanics and the war on people that, you know, can't get enough money to get out of jail. It's it's literally one of the most atrocious things I've ever had to witness, and I will fight it until my dying day. So that's what I wanted to tell them, and that's that's why I posted the hand and and the campaign and asked people to join. Um, Amy, uh, we just I just want to warn you. Right. Yeah, and I know that we're expecting a call. So anytime, y'all just let me know. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll let you know. Oh, I just want to let you know how, he could be there. Right now, uh, we don't know. Uh, we have we have a team now, um, which quickly assembled. Uh, we had an amazing uh, Larry from Medical Marijuana Radio in Nevada donated the website www.6630507.com to us. Um, Amy Case King and Erica Brown and Terry and Corey and Sebastian, they just jumped on this and immediately started cataloging. So um, the other Amy, as we call Amy Case King, is cataloging, cataloging all of the pictures that we're getting from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and um, our website submissions and has had to ask for volunteers. But we know that we have thousands of pictures of hands now. We know that um, celebrities are getting – Celebrities are getting involved. You know, obviously, Willie Nelson. I'm doing lines of this afternoon. 
Uh, we're so pumped about it. You know, Willie was a big one um, because this is this is also, and I want to mention another campaign that's really important here because this campaign wouldn't be possible if if somehow it would get shut down. They've already like they shut us down. They've censored us already several times. But the sheer magnitude of the people, it's like you can't stop the masses. And that's very rare to witness. They're, they're, compa- they're comparing this to the ice bucket challenge, which is, you know, I mean, I feel like, I feel like I've done a good job at this point, you know. And so this, um, this momentum really is educating so many people. Uh, I was told that there's more Google searches for U.S. patent number 6630. Five zero seven now more than ever in history, um, and, oh. and we're just we're really pumped about the momentum. So this other campaign, and it was um, Rise Above Social Strategies. I got to give a shout out to Lauren Gibbs and Rise Above St- Social Strategies for the hashtag and the social canna ban because we're constantly getting censored. Our campaigns get effective and get momentum, and then they shut us down because they can. So, you know, the end, the, the social canna with two ends, ban with one, uh, is really important because that's violating our freedom of speech. That's absolutely, we're, con- we're losing our freedoms left and right. And in America wow. in 2016, nature should never be illegal. You know, God's, God's creation should never be outlawed by man's law. Whatever spirituality or religion you believe in, you have to believe in the Declaration of Independence because that's that's what we that's what this country is founded on. That's our basis. That's our rights. And nobody, not our government, not anyone, can remove our rights. And when they do, it is our responsibility to replace that government with one that won't. And that's why. Our local elected leaders and uh, politicians, they better be on the righteous side of cannabis come November and every day before then because these are educational awareness campaigns that we are going to mandate to every elected position, local, state, okay, and so federal. Okay, we got Craig calling right now. I'm going okay, okay. to answer it. Hopefully. Lovely but talking you guys. You guys. Talking for a second. Lovely Amy, talking, why don't you but... Tell it- why don't you tell us one more time how to, what what your website is? Absolutely, and it's it's uh, all numbers. So it's and it's remember to write the right number on your hand six six three zero five zero seven dot com. And we appreciate you so much, really, and uh, proud to be in this fight together. And I'll make sure and get you all Chris's information, and we'll we'll stand arm in arm to keep Chris uh, keep Chris free. Absolutely, and I want to thank you so much for coming on, and you have a beautiful day. You too, all. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Because we were just talking to Amy from Talk to the Hand about U.S. patents that the government owns on cannabis, and how are you this morning? I am well. I am well. It seems like cannabis is getting a whole lot more coverage in the news lately. Have you noticed that? (laughs) I think it might I can be honestly so tell you things. I haven't seen the news. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. I think it might be because of uh, different ballot initiatives, especially the one in California to uh, uh, decriminalize or at least make uh, recreational marijuana laws. I think that's getting a whole lot of attention in the news, and there seems to be 
pressure on both sides. They're talking about people against the recreational marijuana spending millions to fight against laws in favor of it, which, I don't know, it just seems unfathomable to me. <laughs> so, what do you think about the U.S. government owning a patent number 6630507 on, on, on our plant and you're in prison for it? I'll tell you the truth. I think if a private person somehow had secured that patent, the Supreme Court would find that it's not valid because it's not a, it's not a manufactured item. It's you know what I mean. It's it's something that occurs naturally in nature. So I really I mean I think the whole idea was silly up front, but I, I would, it would also make sense to me that the government is just trying to block anybody else from uh, benefiting from marijuana, which it has always confused me. <laughs> why yeah. something that helped so many people, why would they fight so hard to keep it criminalized? Right. Um, that's why I kind of feel the same way. Um, so, Craig, what are you doing this week? What's, how's your life going in prison? Well, prison's been quiet this week. Today we were stuck in the cells a little extra long. We had one of those fog counts again that I've told you about that uh, everybody oh. went and ate breakfast. <laughs> it was foggy outside, so they locked us all back in our cells and counted us to make sure that nobody escaped during breakfast. <laughs> Which doesn't seem to make much sense to me that, that they ought to trust their their fences and their guns and all that a little better than they do, I suppose. <laughs> But uh, that's what we did again this morning, and so we ate lunch uh, late, and uh, and I was lucky. I, I was just lucky to secure the right spot in line here to be able to call you at this time. So that's something I usually have to plan for. Wow. Well, you, you have know, to wait in line? Well, yes, because as you know, we're only allowed to make 15-minute phone calls, and you have to wait a half hour between phone calls. So lines form, you know, waiting to use the phones. So I have to try to position myself in a way where I'm able to get to the phone right at this time now to call. <laughs> and today it worked out well, even with our schedule being all goofed up here at the timing. I, I just got lucky where I fell in line. So <laughs> that was good. Well, that's good. Tell Crazy. me about the hemp fest. I haven't heard much about uh, how the hemp us were this year. Oh, I thought we talked about it last week. But yeah, uh, it was good. Um, uh, 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 George Montalano, who served 33 years of a life sentence, was there, and so was Jeff Mazansky, who served 19 year, or 21 years of his life sentence, was there. And Jeff went on stage to talk about how everybody should be freed. And so um, we walked around in the audience and got letters signed for you and for other prisoners as well. Um, I didn't run into Vicka. It's such a big fest. It's like a mile and a half long park, but I did not run into Vicka. But um, we, we got about half our letters signed. It was really hard because we didn't have a booth. So part of the signed. And of course, with the audience when Jeff was talking. And then um, We've got another hemp fest coming up. It's called the Portland Hemp Stock, and we're going to be getting the rest of your letters signed there. So we've got a bunch of letters signed for you, and the hemp fest went really, really good. Thank you. Thank you. Like I say, I'm so excited that 
how that must, you know, it certainly has to make my uh, petition. Right now, I've I seen the numbers last week, is that there's 11,000 commutation petitions pending at the U.S. Pardon Attorney's Office, and then another 1,500 requesting pardons. So there's an awful lot of files in that small office, and those letters make all the difference to make my file stand out from all the others. <laughs> I, Craig, I have a question. I have a question. What's the difference between a clemency and a pardon, and why wouldn't you um, apply for both? Um, how they work? Clemency is the president's power to grant uh, reprieves. Is the is the word used in the Constitution? And what reprieves is defined as is either a pardon or a commutation. A commutation with college from a federal prison means the president has the power, and it's a power actually that used to be reserved to like the King of England, but it's a power of the president to simply shorten or uh, completely uh, terminate to end prisoner sentences. It's just that the president can just you know pick up a piece of paper and write you know I terminate so and so sentence and that's the end of it. But his power is called the clemency power that he can do that, is grant that commutation. Now, a pardon is something, again, uh, what a pardon does, and our current law basically makes it so you, you can apply for a pardon after, you, after your sentence ends, or after, you know, five years, actually, after your sentence ends. A pardon, which, again, is completely under the president's clemency power, under a pardon, the president completely removes that uh, conviction from your record. So where those pardons are really important is, for instance, for uh, a farmer who accidentally puts fertilizer too close to a river. Well, under federal law, he gets a felony criminal conviction for putting fertilizer too close to a river. But in many states, with a felony conviction... He can no longer possess a gun. He can no longer vote. He can no longer hold a bunch of, you know, different federal licenses. So really that's where the pardon of power gets to be really important. The president can look and say, you know, this was a, a one-time event for this person. You know, he, he should have this uh, prior conviction erased or pardoned uh, so that he gets all his, his rights that, you know, he would have otherwise lost having a felony conviction. So that's why I'm I'm requesting a, a sentence commutation. I'm asking that my sentence be either shortened or terminated. Now, President Obama has issued 614 of these uh, sentence commutations. George Bush, uh, the previous uh, W. Bush, he only issued 11 commutations. But now George Bush issued somewhere around 600 pardons whereas President Obama, I believe, has only issued 60-something of them. So there's a big contrast between what President Obama's done and really what the last several presidents have done. Most of the several, you know, the most, most of the presidents uh, since uh, President Ford uh, commuted the, or actually pardoned all the people that were the draft dodgers from Vietnam. There hasn't been you know, huge amounts of pardons or commutations, but uh, especially commutations. But uh, President Obama has really uh, made an effort 
to try to, you know, get people out of prisons that have been exposed to uh, sentences that just don't fit the crimes. And as you know, I'm I'm in that list to be considered, and I, I'm certainly hoping and those letters do make a difference. I'm sure they do. Well, we'll be getting more of us in Portland. You know, interestingly, I just recently read, I think Tommy Chong was trying to get a pardon from the president. So... Hopefully he'll get some luck with that. That's right. If I remember, he was convicted on something kind of silly, if I remember right. It was, I believe it was something to do with shipping his uh, his products or something like that, his uh, his bonds. I could be wrong. I think it was. I mean, it wasn't that he ran a... You know, some sort of large international cartel or anything like that. <laughs> no, no, it was pretty, pretty harmless. So, um, yeah. Have you heard about the the uh, prison um, strike? Is something about a yes, prison strike that is that something that's going to affect you? No. Um, there's. Really, I'm one of the only people here that knows, and I know because um, this call is from a federal prison. I correspond with a reporter for the BBC, and she had told me about it and asked what the prison here was doing with it. Well, that was the first I heard of it. And really, none of the, actually none of the prisoners here had heard about it. And I talked to a couple of staff, and they've seen it in their news. But really, the federal prison, or at least this federal prison complex. We didn't even know about it. <laughs> the other thing I've noticed is on on the major news stations, I haven't seen any mention of it. I guess, I guess a bunch of the state prisons has went on strike, but they're so oh. out of the news. Well, Channel 7 reported about the state prisons. They did? Yeah. Okay. That's I was why I I'm totally down for it. It's I was, so were, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was wondering if they were trying to keep us, uh, you know, away from knowing about it so that more prisons wouldn't jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I wouldn't be surprised. Do it's just like there's a big protest on the pipeline, and, um, you know, tribes of Native Americans are just traveling from all over the country to this, and the media isn't no, I I mean again I know of that 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 got some news coverage and unfortunately the judge ruled against them. But um <laughs> but the the prison strike thing, I was really surprised that I had heard absolutely nothing about it and I consulted a bunch of people well a bunch of the prisoners here and none of them had heard about it. So Really, whoever initiated it, it's either starting out slow if they're going to make it an you know an annual event, or you know um, it just it just didn't work for this year. And in, in, uh, in that you know the people here didn't know about it, and I I don't know if anywhere if any other federal prison though you know joined into it, but I haven't heard about it. Yeah, the article I read said that they're replacing whips with pepper spray and taser guns or something. Oh, well, that would make sense. 
that they're going on strike because they they want to end slavery. Uh-huh. And to make a point, on, of it. I guess, that prisoners provide most of the labor for the prisons. You know, they, they cook the food and wash the dishes and maintain the prison, you know, structures and that. So I think that's part of their uh, protest is to say, you know, we shouldn't be treated like slaves, you know, and, and really abused like slaves in a lot of these work environments. And, uh, you know, I think they were just trying to call some attention to that if the inmates don't work, the prison doesn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, okay. I like the idea, but like I say, it uh, that whole idea didn't come here. So whoever, you know, was trying to distribute that idea, it, it didn't get here. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I'm interested to see how far this goes. I, I totally support any... Anything like that, I think it's I think it's great that they're going to stand up to this. Um, I think that the prisoners are the people that can make the most difference, and um, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Looks like your beep is out. Yes, yes. And I like the other idea of the sprite of the strikes to just to bring the public attention to the prisons to look at you know what is happening in the prisons and what's happening in sen- in uh, sentencing that. People go to prison for life for marijuana, but people go to uh, jail for three months for rape. I mean, there's there's something. Yeah. <laughs> I think the drug laws are, are harsher than the rape laws, so I think I think the drug laws hold our prisoners um, longer. They don't want rapists in prison. They want you know good good people in prison. That's what it seems like. That that may be it. They want the people that are safe in prison, so they don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but that's the second beep, and thank you for shining a light on us. Thank you for remembering us here in. Well, that was Craig Cecil, um, Craig Cecil, who's serving his 15th year of his life sentence, and he's sitting there thanking us. Well, I like to thank him for sitting in there this week, in this month, in this year, in those last 15 years. Over over 15 years now, he's been in prison, um, and for cannabis, yes, that's not that's not acceptable. While the government owns patent six six three zero five zero seven, and I was just thinking about how I'm going to put that on my hand. I'm going to put the patent number, and I'm going to put the number the number pound. Put rest in peace, Dad. And we'll put um, the pound sign, and then I'm going to put in Prohibition 2016, and then I'm going to put um, the pound sign, and we'll put Voices of the Cannabis War. And then uh, and I'm going to decorate it, my hand up or something. But i got to figure it out. So check, wait. I'm sure Mindy's going to do her hand up too. But um, it looks like our next caller is along the line. His name is George Monterano, and George Monterano spent 33 years of a life sentence in prison. And we're going to ask him – what he thinks about patent number 6630507 that the U.S. government owns on cannabis. And we're going to find out what he thinks about the patent they own and the prisoners that they own who cultivate uh, the plant in which they own the patent for. Okay, so here is Craig, or no, this here is George Monterano coming to you live after 33 years of being incarcerated. Good morning, George. Hey, good morning, Christine. How how are you? I'm good. You're here with Mindy too, and me, and we're today. We're just talking about the uh, a patent um, that the U.S. government owns on cannabis, and wondering how you uh, are. You mean the the one they passed about the hemp? 
some years back? Yeah. You well, they actually the own. Yeah, well, they, they passed it because they didn't want it. They didn't want it. It was all, if anyone knows their history, it was all for, it was all lobbied by the, uh, what do you call pesticide uh, companies. They all, it was all lobbied by the pesticide companies because the hemp is, it's a strange plant. The, the hemp actually, when it's grown, it enhances the soil. It doesn't need any pesticide. So the pesticide business didn't want that, that uh, I don't know, what that to spread. And if they could, uh, what's the right word, where they take a plant and put it with another plant. Uh, what's that word when they, they made the plant? Uh I forget the word. I'm not. I'm not a green thumb. In the business yesterday, we used to call growers green thumbs. But it was all my my. I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm completely correct. But I know the government uh, uh, put 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 the laws in place to not uh, not be allowed to grow hemp because of way we were lobbied by the pesticide uh, uh, corporations. And uh, you know they, they didn't want that. They, they you know they wanted to spray. To spray their crops and uh, the hemp, you don't even have to, and you don't even have to rejuvenate the soil from hemp. It rejuvenates the soil itself. So, you know, it's a lot of history to that. It's a lot of history, and and our government is, you know, it's all that Washington is basically controlled by the lobbyists, you know, and uh, and that's why I believe that came to effect, and that's why they control it. But. Uh, you know what the, the answers are is just keep keep yeah uh, uh, you know it, when one person joins another person joins the fight when one person joins another person joins the fight then then that's all you can do that's all you can do uh, I have to go to New York anybody know about the uh, the Art uh, View Group Forum in New York it was held this weekend you guys know about I, it I haven't heard of it yeah what's well, the Invitation only about the cannabis uh, cannabis groups and investors, and they're meeting in uh, they're meeting at the Marriott, uh, Brooklyn Bridge Marriott. I'm going to be there Tuesday. Uh, I'm probably maybe going to speak at the, oh, wow. uh, at the, VIP, the VIP party. So uh, you have some you have some uh, inroads to bring this knowledge east. I was at one a few by, a few months back. Uh, private party for investors uh, out of a company out of Denver. It's called uh, HiThere, HiThere.com. And uh, and now I've been invited to this one Tuesday, so I'll let you guys know. Uh, matter of fact, I'll give you a call, give you guys a call, let you know what it was about uh, after Tuesday. Okay, so okay. that sounds happen- cool. There's things, there's things happening here, but... Uh, a lot of people uh, out west are talking about Pennsylvania. They believe Pennsylvania is going to be a good state uh, once they get the kinks out. Uh, I'll be meeting with some some prime investors, some serious investors in this state uh, in about two weeks. I just want to get more more. Uh, I don't know much about the extract uh, business. You know, that's the extract, the cannabis. And I don't think they know much about that here either. So I'm going to learn all I could and bring it to the table here. Uh, but there's a lot of good things. I, uh, I'll i be working on uh, 
is a magazine here called uh, Rojo Magazine. It's very popular, and uh, they're going to feature me. They're going to put me on the front page. I'm excited about that. And, uh, oh, and, uh, cool. I want to get a copy, uh, a signed copy. Yeah, Rojo Magazine. And uh, it was all developed by women. Uh, ten years struggle to get it to uh, it's, uh, where it's at today. And uh, I'm doing a proposal to that uh, to that company uh, about the, I want to go live. It's called Row Home Stories, where I'll be the host. And, uh, you know, cool. we'll start it here in Philly. Then we're going to bring it to other cities that have a row home culture. That would be cities like Chicago, Boston, New York, uh, Baltimore, uh, Philly. Uh, you know, cities that have Cleveland, Detroit, that have a row home culture. I don't know about the West Coast. Which cities would have a row home culture? Uh, huh. You know. So we're going to start. I'm all excited about it. I have producers. Producers were uh, chomping at the bit. They love the idea as me hosting that. So hope, hopefully that will be started by the first of the year. And, uh, cool. I like so it. Much I, so much I can do with it. Now, matter of fact, I can go worldwide because you have you have cities in Ireland and England and uh uh, that have that row home culture, uh, Italy, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, France. And so there's so much of a culture with the row home. I was raised in a row home. I'm sitting in a row home now. So behind every door of a row home is is, is a story. Now the stories could be intriguing. They could be good. They could be funny. Uh, they could be bad. So uh, I'm beginning to getting into that seriously real soon. So. Uh, and I don't know about uh, where you based out of. You're in Seattle, that's right. Seattle, Mindy's in Is Portland. Right? I'm in Seattle. And, in Portland, Oregon. I'm in Mindy's, Mindy's in Portland, right? Well, only for a couple more weeks. I, All but, right. Yeah. I got I to meet some people from Portland uh, Tuesday. Uh, Mule ex- extract people. They're good people. They're actually lawyers. What's and the name I'll of the group? Them. Mule extracts. Huh. Extracts, I think. Mule extract, extracts plural. They're out of prison. I'll be be meeting with them and some other people. But I'm dying to get back to Seattle, Christine. I'm dying to get back to Seattle. I know. I can't wait for you to come. Well, I'm waiting for a hard copy invite from Henfest Festival. They're supposed to be sent. I got something else happening. A uh, much smaller uh, uh, event. I don't know if it's the end of this month or next month. I'm waiting for a hard cop invite to speak, and then I'll present it. So I have to present it, and I'll, I'll be there. So I'll be in okay. touch with you. Once I get the, uh, okay. uh, the dates down more. And, uh, Mindy, I'll probably be in Portland, too. So and when I'll is that going to be? Um, so... Huh? Well, Portland or, when or Seattle? When are you going to be in Portland? Portland. I won't know. I won't know until after I get back Tuesday. Oh, okay. I won't know. But it's all good. It's all about the cannabis industry as the show, and you know all the good I can do. Uh, you know, there's some, there's some like the the show I'll be doing these roll home stories. We actually can go to homes and people that are doing life for cannabis and meet the family, talk about their hardships and the travels they have oh, to do. Oh, cool. Stuff like well, that. George, yeah. if we, if our group, the Voices of the Cannabis War, you know, we write for a couple of different magazines. We do radio. 
we, we've been on a few little TV shows here and there. So if you ever need our assistance, um, let us know. We'd love to help you out in any way we yeah, well, can. Yeah, so, there's so much we can do by just, just uh, communicating. Just communicating, yeah, that's and that's, awesome. uh, that's what I do best, just communicating. Uh, because, you know, so we're, cool. we're a country so of George, communication. So, George, I saw a picture on Facebook of me and you, and you were holding um, holding Eugene's p- picture up, yeah, um, his poster. Yeah, yeah. I talked to his Cody fan just the other day, and, you know, Randy you can't say a bad, yeah, you can't say a bad word about uh, – Gene, can't think a bad word. You can't say a bad word about him. He, he was such a pleasure to be with in prison, and uh, the little bit of time uh, I had with him out here, just um, just sad yeah, that um, he's gone. Just so sad. We're we're hoping we're hoping to have Randy on the show maybe next week um, if he can come on. Yeah, um, we, we miss his voice. He had some uh, he had some bad news. His mom took a stroke, and he's actually on his way to Virginia. He's probably there now. It's her mm-hmm. second stroke in a short time, and I know her very classy, very classy woman. I met her in the visitors' room. So uh, oh. you know, that's what the world—that's what the world has to understand. Us cannabis guys, that the, Randy had life no parole. I had life no parole. Gene had, you know, we had loved ones and families that we didn't burn our bridges with. We're no monsters that uh, had guns and did violence and uh, and hurt society. Uh, you know, we were doing our thing. Uh, you know, we don't pay our taxes on it. I guess that's they really get mad at. But to, to throw our lives away, I, I just don't. I just don't understand. Just now, I was uh, listening to uh, just the other day uh, the vice president that Hillary picked. What's his name? The governor. Um. Can't starts with a K. Uh, you got my mind going blank right now. I don't know. Well, I, anyway, I he, he was on. Uh, he was on Good Morning America, and uh, no, that's no this channel, a CBS one, uh, which is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he was uh, they brought up about uh, our incarceration, sentencing, incarceration policies in the federal system, and he said they definitely going to revamp them. He said they big they big a big mistake. Only were warehousing. They're continuing the warehousing. So he said, we're, we're going to address that if they become the new administration. So let's hope they both, Republicans and Democrats, both feel that way. It has to be addressed because it's still, it's still like I said, the public does not know, totally does not know what's going on in these federal penitentiaries. They have no idea of what's going on. It's just, it's just, it's a festering. It's been that way for years. It's to the point where... You have every every penitentiary, federal penitentiary in the country, as I'm talking right now, if not one, if not all, were locked down. They've been locked. Within the last seven days, they probably all had a lockdown. All had a lockdown. Well, so much violence. They're locked down. If you add them up, they're locked down six months of the year. So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You keep punishing them, locking them in, and uh, you know I've, I've been through. So I'm a, I was graduating classes, uh, with every season, and but every time a lockdown came, I was locked in just the same. I was locked in getting bags, bags of bologna sandwiches, just like the rest of them. So they, they, they just no one has the answer. 
you just keep punishing and you just keep punishing and he's punishing and then in human nature becomes becomes that okay, lash out and punish me. They expect it. I'll lash out, you punish me. It becomes a pattern. Especially with these young these young guys. It becomes a pattern. So, you know, we have to look at this. We have to look at this for a better life. So anyway, I'm looking well, forward you, to getting out west. And uh, seeing you guys again and hanging out and stuff like that. That's cool. I can't wait either. I can't wait to see you again, George. That's cool to see you. Um, what I, what really, what really, the one thing that, that after everything you've said, um, that on this this particular conversation the most is is that, you know, less than a year ago you were locked behind bars, and I'm sure you never thought that you'd be on the west coast at a hemp fest. At, off of Puget Sound, and Larry or um, Randy and Eugene got out of prison too, and they got to be with their mothers. Or well, not not uh, Eugene, but uh, Eugene was happy because you got to finally be with your mother and Randy. And I'm just really glad that um, even though Eugene's gone, I'm just really glad that you all got out and got to see some things and didn't have to die in prison. Like that that means so much to me, and um, it means a lot to all of us. Our next guest, um, her name is Sherry Sicard, and she has a group called Marijuana Lifers, Lifer Project, and she helps a lot of the prisoners that you know and are friends with. Um, so we're going to talk to her. But I'm just, I'm just really grateful that, that Freedom has came, came to the three of you and to some more of them, and I just wish it would hurry up and come with the rest of them. Hello? Are you guys there? Mindy, oh, okay, so, oh, George is gone. Okay, so he must have thought the interview was over, and I was just talking to myself. <laughs> this is weird. And I thought Mindy was on at least listening, but she's not. But, okay, so basically, oh, Mindy, your microphone is on. Um, oh, sheesh, her microphone is on screening, and she's not screening right now, so. Um, I'm going to have to send her a message real quick and let her know. But our next guest is going to um, – oh, she's stuck on mute. Okay, she's trying to rebuke her phone. Her Internet has froze up a couple of times. So um, so while Mindy gets her, her, her uh, Internet back together, I'm going to introduce the next guest. Her name is Sherry Sicard. And Sherry Sicard has a group called Marijuana Lifer Project. And that project is to help free marijuana lifers. And she's going to give us some details on what's going on with some of our lifers and what you can do to help them. Good morning, Sherry. Hi, How are you? Great. Hi, Kristen. Good to have uh, talk to you. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. So <laughs> today, <laughs> today, okay. So today we talked to talk to the hand. Um, Amy is mm-hmm. who found Amy who um, Berlin Hilter Band who found it. And she talked to mm-hmm. us about U.S. Patent 6630507. And I want to get your take on the U.S. patent that the federal government owns because you would know very well what that has to do with uh, the front lines and with our lifers. What What is going oh, on? Why would the government own this patent and lock us away? 
<laughs> and they have for a long time. And why? That's a good question. Like anything else in life, you follow the money. But it is kind of the ultimate symbol of the government's hypocrisy on cannabis, that they can hold this patent while simultaneously claiming there's no accepted medical use. And I talked about this in my book, Mary Jane, the complete uh, marijuana handbook for women. And I, I couldn't explain it. I asked the readers if you can explain me because I can't. It's just corruption at its finest. So, And unfortunately, this corruption leads to things like mass incarceration and people serving life sentences for nonviolent marijuana offenses. Wow. That just totally sounds like con- conspiracy. So I just want to let you guys know that... It does, um, you know, and it's happening again because the DEA just placed Kratom, another healing plant, in Schedule 1 with no public comment, just the same way marijuana was made illegal. So we're about to start a whole new generation of criminals over another plant right now in this day and age was done what? with no, no evidence, no comment, no nothing. What? I've heard about yeah. that plant a little bit here and there. I I don't know a lot about it, but I've heard it it's good. It's really good to help people. I, yeah. That's crazy. I'm um, not an so expert, it, but know. it certainly does have uh, medical use. So schedule one is absurd for for that too. But we are repeating history right now with kratom, just as we did with um, marijuana. I did an interview about this this week, and I'm like, I don't want to have to start the kratom lifer project. But that's the inevitable consequences of actions like this. Okay, so I just want to let everybody know that Mindy is back on. And I, I want to say this, though. So it feels like the prohibition against marijuana could be dwindling down to possibly nothing pretty soon. So right. what is the government going to do? You know, they got to they gotta replace it. So maybe that's what their plan is. I don't know. Exactly what I said in the interview. But... I do have some good news, though. (laughs) After all this doom and gloom, we do have some good news about the marijuana lifers, and that's that one of our prisoners, Craig Frazier, received clemency from President Obama the week before last. So that's Oh, yes! Yes. I saw that. One of our lifers is getting out, and uh, I was the first person Craig called, which was quite an honor to me. Um, I guess his lawyer had his mom's number, so he told his lawyer, call call my mom, I have to call Sherry. (laughs) And uh, we had a great talk, and we've been talking frequently since. And he's so excited about his upcoming release, but also nervous. He's been incarcerated 11 years, and he's going back to an area where his old life existed. So he's uh, really being proactive and taking steps to make sure that he stays out of trouble, that he keeps things together. He's very aware that if he gets into a trouble, it reflects badly on everyone still in. So I really have to applaud Craig for taking these kind of steps. Um, he's also part of a new program, and I don't know of anybody else who is part of this program, to Stanford Law School. And they have a new program now that's assisting inmates when they get released through clemency. So he's really excited about this, unlike other inmates who were just kind of dumped at the bus station or dropped at a halfway house or their family came. These people are actually going to come and pick him up from prison, fly with him so he doesn't have to take a bus to Montana, and they help him get set up in the halfway house and get basic necessities and things to get him set up. So that's really exciting that they're doing this now, and that's something new. That's wonderful. Right. I know. Excuse I know. me. Right? I know. Relief to people. I mean, like Chris Williams, that's one of the things he's trying to figure out is, is 
you know, getting back to Montana and, and setting mm-hmm. up and all that and feeling alone and doing all that, it can be really overwhelming. It is. It's very stressful, and, and I know all the prisoners I work with think about that, you know, and especially the older people who are, you know, are in their 60s and 70s and how am I ever going to find a job and how am I going to survive and things like this. So a program like this can make all the difference in the world. Um, I know, like, when Charles Cundiff got out, it was really sad. He was just in a halfway house with no support, and he had no money, and he's disabled. And so programs like this are so needed, especially with the older inmates. Hello, did I lose you? No, 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 we're still here. We're still here. Okay. um, What was that? Go ahead, oh, Nini. I was just gonna go. I was just gonna um, let you guys know. I'm gonna go screen that call real quick. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So um, the other so thing Craig was excited you... about, and I guess this is new, is he actually got it wasn't a form letter. He got a personal, personally signed letter from the president. And um, I had a computer what? meltdown, um, but I am going to be scanning that and also the information about the Stanford Law, and we'll have that on our website this week. But as soon as I get my scanner back, but. It really was special to him. I mean, and I can read it if you're interested in hearing what that letter says. Yes, I would love to hear it. Okay. Yeah, it's addressed from the White House to Mr. Craig, Craig William Frazier, and it says, Dear Craig, I want to, wanted to personally inform you that I am granting your application for commutation. The power to grant pardons and clemencies is one of the most profound authorities granted to the President of the United States. It embodies the basic belief in our democracy that people deserve a second chance after having made a mistake in their lives that led to a conviction under our laws. Thousands of individuals have applied for commutation and only a fraction of these applications are approved. I am granting your application because you have demonstrated the potential to turn your life around. Now it's up to you to make the most of this opportunity. It will not be easy and you'll confront many who doubt people with criminal records can change. Perhaps even you are unsure of how you will adjust to your new circumstances. But remember that you have the capacity to make good choices. By doing so, you will affect not only your life, but those close to you. You will also influence, through your example, the possibility that others in your circumstances get their own second chance in the future. I believe in your ability to prove the doubters wrong and change your life for the better. So good luck and Godspeed. Sincerely, Barack Obama. That's an incredible Mm-hmm. I know. So, and I guess that is something relatively new for prisoners to get a actual personal letter. I think Billy Deacon did as well, but I don't know of other presidents that have done that. At least that's what Paul Freed told me. Um, but it's, it's it was very meaningful to Craig, and also he's just so grateful for the Stanford Law Program. Um, and uh, he's just been overwhelmed. I talked to him yesterday, and he said sleep is just out of the question. He's been floating on air <laughs> since he got this news, but it's all good, and he couldn't be happier. So we're we're very excited for Craig Frazier. That is exciting. On the flip side, I understand Paul Free got some news in his case. Um, not not really recently, but he's still fighting new petitions. So he uh, there was post we had on our website about the Supreme Court turning down his last petition, so he wanted to try and get uh, as many comments on that post as possible just for some new petitions that he's writing just to show public support. So if anybody wants to go to our website, marijuanalikerproject.org, search on Paul Free, you'll see the post about the Supreme Court. Please leave comments. 
How is his health doing? He's doing a little bit better, but it's still on. Uh, he's actually uh, in a uh, dispute with them over that. He had many skin cancers that were allowed to grow over two and a half years, and uh, even though surgery was recommended, uh, it took two and a half years to do it. So by the time they did it, they had to like take off a half of his ear, and he had multiple surgeries, which normally that would have been taken care of with a topical, as it had been in the past. He's had over, I think, 22 skin cancers taken off over the past few years, something like that. And uh, for whatever reason, they just kept denying treatment, even though the doctor said this needs to be taken care of right away. And so they finally did surgery, but it was the damage was way more extensive than it needed to be at that point. But he is recovering, and uh, he jokes, I call him my Van Gogh now, because <laughs> he has half a ear, and he even says <laughs> that, you know, losing half an ear is a small price to pay to be cancer-free. But unfortunately, it didn't have to be that way, and even... Uh, doesn't even make fiscal sense for the taxpayers. This could have been handled years ago with a topical, and instead it had to be handled with surgery. So once again, folks, follow the money. Yeah, that's unfortunately a fairly common story for people in prison. Mm-hmm. Do you have any updates on anybody else on you know, and that's part of your project? Well, everybody's uh, hopeful. Um, several have gotten denied clemencies, but quite a few are still in the running. So Paul Free, Andy Cox, Michael Pelletier, John Nock, um, all of those guys have not been denied clemency. I might be missing a few. So they still, we're hoping, will be in the next list of clemencies. Unfortunately, a few of ours have been denied clemency. Um, Mo Foley, Anthony Dijon, um most baffling of all, though, and it's been denied clemency, is Antonio Bascaro, and this is really heartbreaking. Uh, Antonio is our longest-serving marijuana prisoners. Oh, Craig Cecil's still in the running. Sorry about that. Yes, Craig is definitely he has not been turned down. He delivered. He delivered the news to us about Antonio a week ago. We did not know that he was denied, and it that hurt all of us, especially up well, here in Washington, because no. Um, Antonio is a unique situation. He's our longest-serving marijuana prisoner. He's been in almost 37 years. He's 81 years old. Now, he is due to come out in 2019, but he's already 81 years old. Um, he had an attorney clemency project that just kind of gave he had his papers for a year and then threw up his hands and gave up and said, it's too complicated. He deserves clemency. I can't do this. So um, we worked to get him another attorney. Uh, Professor Mark Osler was really instrumental in that, so I'm so grateful to him. Um, He got another attorney, and she was wonderful. He he said no matter what happened, she did more for him than anyone had in 36 years. But the clemency petition nonetheless got denied, and she really was dedicated. She drafted an appeal to that while on her honeymoon. (laughs) She was so dedicated to him. So I have to give her a lot of credit, but it still got denied. We don't know why, and it just that to me is the most nonsensical one. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. His daughter's been on our show a couple times to advocate for her dad, and I mm-hmm. think the thing is, that I think she said she's been without him for 33 years or something. Mm-hmm. Something. Just like, um, actually, that's just not been in nearly. Uh, it'll be 37 years this year for Antonio. Yeah. So. As far as we know, he's wow. the longest-serving nonviolent drug offender um, 
in the world, um, as far as we know. And it's just shocking. I, I can't understand it. He is he's very sharp. He's a very sweet man, and he's um, mentally sharp as a dad, but physically he's 81 and his health is fading. So I really hope um, that something can be done to get him out before 2019 because he doesn't have a lot of time left. So what is the rule yeah. as far as when can he file for clemency again? What's what's the policy um, on that? I think you have to wait a year before you can file again for clemency. So And he'll be out in two, so... I don't know if any relief will come for him, but I'm still hopeful. Any, even if it's just an extra day or an extra week with his family, it makes a difference. Uh, the other one we're hoping for that is Leopoldo Hernandez Miranda, who is still, as far as I know, at FMC Butner. He's in a hospital. He's not in great health, but he desperately wants to go home as well. And uh, I hope to talk to his caregiver this week, but um, I don't know if he's been he's been denied or not. I haven't talked to them in a while. That was uh, somebody that Eugene spoke about regularly and right. was really wanting to help. So, yeah. I mean, they all need to get we'll that We'll have to get Craig Fraser on our show. It seems like we've had almost every single lifer who's been granted clemency. <laughs> For cannabis on our show, so it'd be cool if we can get uh, Craig to join us one morning and tell us, you know, what freedom is feeling like for him. I'm sure he will be willing once he gets out and gets settled, and he's somebody else that really wants to work for the cause, and he, like I said, he is so aware of everybody that's still left behind, and, um, you know, he and Paul Free uh, served together for a year, so they are very good friends, and uh, even where he is at in Victorville, there are a number of other lifers in uh, uh, FCI Victorville, I'm sorry, Drew Drew Blank, uh, besides Craig. We have Wei Long, who's doing de facto life. Uh, we have some new ones that we're vetting. Uh, Alvin Robinson is there. Uh, I'm missing somebody else that's in Adelanto as well. So there's a number in that prison. So I think we're also going to start focusing and trying to do some local outreach to the areas just to make people aware that there are people in that area that are serving life for marijuana. Um, I know Lucisha Jenkins has done this a little bit in Merced where uh, where Paul Frey and Corvain Cooper are. You know, there are prisoners right here serving life for marijuana. It's unbelievable even to the local community. Sometimes the guards don't even, aren't even aware of it. Well, well, I know Craig's guard is, sometimes they've been known to yell, free Craig. Um, yeah, Paul says that too. They've been to his website and they've been to the, to my website and they'll walk by and go free Paul free. <laughs> you know? And oh, even anytime. Huh? That's so nice. Yeah. And you know, uh, yeah, they're always, sure. every time the clemency list comes out, there's one guard in particular that goes, I looked at and I was sure you were going to be on it. So even the guards see how ridiculous these sentences are that these guys are in for life. Um, wow. We never hurt anybody. Right. Whenever we've had, well, uh, sure. whenever I've had Paul's uh, sign out amongst other signs, it's always uh-huh. his that people enjoy to chant because of the free, free <laughs> Paul free. It it somehow works for him to get more recognition to have his name that way. But I really hope that it reflects reality soon for him. Right. Yeah. So we we so hope well, he's going to be on the next list. He's. Uh, 
he just has, he has to get out of there. It's just making him crazy. He's been in 20. He just had his 22 year anniversary of incarceration. So it's been well, way Sherry, past time. We want to thank you. Um, we want to thank you for coming on our show. And what we want our listeners to know, you know, you're you've got all these lifers that you're helping out, and you've got a website. How do people get to mm-hmm. your website? Um, and how can they do more um, to help you with your website and support the prisoners that you, you help support? The website's marijuanalifeproject.org. Lifer is singular. And you can meet our prisoners because partly what we want to do is get you to know the real people behind these statistics. There are actual human beings with real families whose lives have been destroyed, and they're some pretty amazing people. So we have a whole section of get to know the prisoners that will tell you about their cases, uh, help you get to know them, and then each prisoner has a how to help page, and that will tell you how to help them and how to write to them. Uh, There's a page on the site that lists everybody's birthdays. One of the easiest things you can do is send a birthday card to let them know they're not forgotten. And, in fact, we have three birthdays coming up right now. Craig Cecil is on the 13th. Um, we have Wei Long is coming up. I can't remember the name, but Wei Long and John Nock, uh, one right after another. And then a week later is Leopoldo Hernandez Miranda. So if you go on our website under the Activism tab, you'll see the birthday club that lists everybody's addresses and when their birthdays are. Just send a card so they know that they're not forgotten. Um, we also send them commissary funds or some of them say they don't need funds. Those we send them books or something. We always remember their birthdays, so that's something we do. Um, you can write a letter uh, to the president in support of those who need clemency support. So we have lots of ways to help. And, of course, donations. We always need donations to support the prisoners, to support our work. Um, so, And we are a 501c3, okay. so it's tax deductible. Oh, yay. Okay, all right. Well, thank you, Sherry, for coming on our show. And anytime you have any news about any of our prisoners, please just let us know. You have an open invitation to come on anytime you want to be a voice for, for our prisoners. We, we'd thank love to you. have you. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. You. Bye, All right, guys. have a good day. Have a good day, Sherry. Right, bye. Bye-bye. All right, that was Sherry Sicard, C-H-E-R-I-S-I-C-A-R-D, with Marijuana Lifer Project. Um, at MarijuanaLifeProject.com. Check it out and um, do your thing. Go on there and, and our letters that we download and um, get printed for our prisoners is we can always go to Sherry's website and get a sample letter and um, get it printed and take it to an event or even take it out on the streets, have your friends and family can sign it and, and mail it to the fam- mail it back to Sherry and, you know, she'll make sure they get to where they got to go. Our next guest is an ex-POW. Her son is a POW. Um, she has uh, got a 501c3 called Freedom Grow, and she raises commissary money for prisoners who are in prison for the plant. Her name is Stephanie Landa, and she is usually a regular on the guest, however, she on, on her show. However, she has been doing a lot of visiting her son in prison on Sunday morning, so she has been unable to make the show. So today, we've got a very special appearance from her. She's going to give us an update on what she's been up to, how her son is, and everything. And this woman is really, really a good woman because she's like an angel to our family. She makes time in prison just a little bit easier for them through commissary money. Um, this is Stephanie Landa. Good morning, Stephanie. You're here with uh, Mindy good and Kristen live on the Voice Hi. I miss guys so much. Good but morning, Steph. Good morning. Good morning. 
So, um, yeah, my kid's in jail for pot. But fortunately, as all of us don't be in, don't belong in jail, I visited them like every time the prison opened up for visiting until they threw me out. So they moved him after five long agonizing months in reception that he had no access to a phone. It was just horrifying, and there was tons of racism in there. State prison is no joke. I mean, my poor kid who is my size, like, you know, 5'4", he's like 5'4", but, you know, he got beat up. All these crazy things happen only because he talked to a Mexican or he talked to a black person. So, but now, since I showed up and since he is who he is, the warden deemed him not really state prison material. So they had the captain of the fire department and the chief of the fire department interview him like three different times. And within six days, he was in the firehouse. So now he's not in a prison uniform anymore. He's in a fire department uniform. That is so wonderful. And today I didn't visit because he had too many drills to do. Like, they have to take the test of the fire intake. It's very intense. I mean, I think that that fireman uni- the fireman suit that he has to put on must weigh what he weighs. I mean, I'm just like, whoa. So, but he's wow. doing it, and he's doing the drills, and he's working out, like, you know, a million times a day and building himself up. They have to, like, walk up, like, three flights of stairs with this huge, heavy hose to pass the test and they have to do all this in 15 minutes but it's getting him in great shape he's not living with 6,000 people anymore he's living with six and either a fire either the fire chief or the fire captain now it's like right where the prison is but it's outside the fence so uh, it's just it's like a very good the best situation he could be in he has like one more year because being put there, he only does 33% and a third percent of his time. I'm as happy as I can be about prison. You know, I mean, it's just, it's uh, it's what it is. The, the funny thing, not that he would work for them, but the funny thing is that Fire, uh, Cal, Cal, Fire Cal or Cal Fire, Cal Fire, they hire people from the prison before they hire civilians. So if that was what he wanted to do, he could get a job when he got out immediately. So wow, that's the best case are, scenario. Yeah, all those are positive things that happened. I still have to drive two and a half hours to see him, and I drive up every oh, Saturday yeah. and every Sunday. This is my first Sunday off, so I'm like, well, and I'm not really off because now I have created, um, they do this party down here for 500 people called the Secret Sesh every Sunday night. So I've created a table for the Mad Shatter, which is my son. He's on Instagram. Um, and I've created a table for him. And part of the table is going to have a poster each week for a prisoner, and I'm going to be doing that part of the table for the prisoner, which is like selling hats and selling stickers and selling things for the Mad Shatters, 
but that money is going to go for a different prisoner every week. So tonight's my first time. I'm doing it for Linda Burns, who has been in for 20 years for pot in the federal. And so we collected some letters from her the other day at the Hemp Fest. Oh, great. So her, this is yeah. going to be her night. So whoever, you know, and Amy Lou, I have to say, is doing incredible things. I mean, she's gotten oh, so many people out of jail just lately. It's incredible. I noticed. So at the table that I'm going to do, I'm going to have clemency letters. So, and you get a free brownie for signing. I know, you know, so, so I don't know. Tonight's my first night. I'm sure that I'm going to be really excited enough to do this every Sunday. And other people are really excited for me. The average age is below 30. And me. So oh, it's, cool. The, it's, yeah. But, but everybody knows my kid. And the other thing I have to say is for the last seven weeks, every week, every Saturday, the owner of the Secret Sesh, Go, who is Max's best friend, goes to visit him with me every Saturday. And cool. every Sunday, like there's two other people that are on his visiting list, and they go on Sundays. So it's like a little party for him because one of his friends is always with me now. They all want to visit. Everybody's putting in visiting forms. It's just like, Aww. oh, this is great. I know. It's just, and people there love my kids. They're just, you know, they they came to the visiting room just to meet me. The captain came in and introduced himself. It was just like, you know, I stayed longer just so that I could meet you. I was like, wow. So <laughs> it's definitely a different experience for him. I'm really excited. So Sherry gave me a good idea to send commissary money to all the birthdays. So oh. it'll just be... I'm going to send birthday. I can't just send one. i got to send Craig one. I can't just send Craig one if I don't send all the rest of them one. So I'm going to, yeah, you sh- that would be a really good idea. Yeah, so I'm going to do that now because yeah. I have, I, I've decided that I should keep, you know, like usually I just send out every money order, but now I've been keeping like a dozen money orders so that I can do it for special occasions because like Dee Dee called me and said somebody really needs help and she's coming down to get the money order, and she's going to send it to out. So it's just like, Aww. you know, special people need help sometimes instead of us randomly oh. doing it. Steffi, so, like you saw that I put that post up for Jerry Duvall. I just want to say it touched my heart. The first thing comment on there was, I'm going to send him some commissary money. I want to thank you for, for saying that. It was really nice because I'm friends with the Duvall family, and, they're really good people, and their dad is in solitary confinement right now. And when you said that, it, it made my heart feel good too. And I know it's going to help him. Aww. Yeah, I thought yeah, that, that was cool. Thank you. That was so cool. And it's also kind of so sweet to you see like... a prisoner hurting, and you want to help him. And then you see prisoners and you want to help him. Like I think, I think your heart is so pure and sweet and nice. I love it. Aww. That's so nice of you to say. I mean, you know, like, I know, I do do this all for my heart, you know. But I don't have, like, that much else to do. I'm 70. I, like, can donate my time now, like, really a lot. 
You know, I mean, it's not like I don't have anything yeah. else to do, but you know what I mean. It's like I probably am not stressed about supporting myself, you know, and right. that really counts. Like everybody else is super stressed. I'm so amazed that they even have time to do this. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, you know, and try to support yourself. It's heavy. It's like hard out there. I mean, it is hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm blessed. So if somebody, if somebody um, wants to help, you help others, your website, and what's the information to help? If people want to okay. donate. And okay, if they want to help by seeing me, my number is 818-652-7891. If they happen to live, like, in L.A. or something, <laughs> I could meet up with them. And they could help by... Buying slushies and hot chocolate at the High Times next month on October 8th and 9th. They Woo-hoo. could help. I know. <laughs> Which is that's always where you, that's at where least $2,000. What? Yeah, I was going to say, that's where you raise thousands for them. Right. Yeah. At least 2000 every time wow. I do a fair. So it's, wow. you know, and the last one, I actually took my expenses out of it because people forced me to, and my nonprofit attorney was like going, this costs you so much money. I can't believe that you even do this. Because so, I gave him all the receipts and, like, all the money I sent out. And he just said, this doesn't even match up. I was like, I'm sorry. Um, so last time I did, and I still came out with $2,200. So, it, you know, all the slushies, so cool. it matters, you know. Just, you know, it's one slushie at a time, you know. But, <laughs> it's, like, really kind of funny. But you could do that, or you could go to freedomgrow.org. And that's how you could get a hold of me. I'll give you my phone number one more time, because, like, nobody ever calls me, but I don't mind if they do. 818-652-7891. Okay, great. I love you guys so much. I love you, too. Is there anything else we've got to talk about? Um. I don't think so. Um, okay. Yeah, I think everything else is just going fine. Please come see me at the Secret Sesh um, every okay. Sunday night. So you have to go on the computer because you have to send in your rack. And, you know, it's a whole process, but it's really worth it and really fun. That's okay. all I have to say. So Thank I'm promoting you, right. And then I'm going to, like, email you every week to tell you which prisoner I'm going to highlight on Sunday night. Because I won't be able to call in anymore. I'm so sorry because this is probably the only Sunday I'll have kind of off. I'm going to the secret sesh, but I'm kind of like not going out at 530 in the morning to drive up there. Right. Well, let us know because let us know because we can be your voice even though you can't. We can We can share the information you want us to and we can tell our listeners everything. So right. just let us know who and, you're who you're representing and what, what you're up to, and, and we will let everybody know. Okay, that'd be great. That'd be great. I love you. Have a great rest of your show. I think I'll just love sit you, here and love listen. You. I love you, okay, too. Okay, cool. Bye. Cool, cool. What? <laughs> Thank but you, what? Stephanie. But what? You. I love you. you. <laughs> I love you. Right. <laughs> and then yeah, you call good. me. I will, I will. I got some self service for a few weeks, so I've, I'm trying to get all my phone calls in. I'll put you on the list, hon. 
<laughs> okay, great. That'd be great. Because, like, I couldn't do this without Mindy, by the way. Because she, oh, like, is oh, all right. the names. What? <laughs> so we do have something else to talk to you real quick. We have we have um, one more guest after you, Tom Corby. But first, uh, real quick, we want to get your take because we've been talking that the subject of the show is Talk to the Hand. Uh, it's regarding U.S. patent number 6630507 on cannabis. Um, what what do you think about that uh, packet, Stephanie? I think that I am trying not to think about anything but taking care of the prisoners because everything else is just clouding my mind, all this politics and everything. So I don't know if I think. Well, they've got a group out that's it's called the Talk to the Hand campaign. And basically they say that because of this patent, there shouldn't be any plant prisoners. So um, I'm, I, we're, we're excited to see. I'm excited to hear about what's going on with them. So check that out. Stephanie, oh, you mean this is going to get you out of prison? Well, kind of. She was our first guest. And if you listen to I guess she says that cannabis has a non, is non-toxic and all this stuff and that it ha- does not qualify itself for the Substance Control Act just because they actually own the patent on it. You can't own a patent on a Schedule One drug, basically. So the, the fact that they own it contradicts everything that they do um, to with regarding prohibition. So um, oh, she more reason for me to hate patent, the government. Yes, she, she says if you we, use this patent number, more reason. We got plenty. I know. <laughs> Yeah, so oh she God. said if you use the patents in the court cases, it it should uh, it should contradict everything that that's going on in the courtrooms. But yeah. Hmm. Well, that's yeah. interesting. I didn't even really. Yeah. I think I passed over it one day. I never looked like, at it like really, that. No, I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Well. Oh well, I hope anything gets them out. I don't care what it is, really. I know, I know. I just want them to go home. And um, I'm sending all my healing and everything to your son. By the way. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later too. Okay. Call me. Thank you. Nobody calls me. Okay, I will. Okay. Okay. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Bye. All right, listeners, we are going to go um, into talking to Tom Corby for a few minutes, and then we're going to close the show out a little bit early, and we're going to do a special close for all the people that we missed in our movement to have died um, regarding in the middle of the war and prohibition. But first, we're going to talk to Tom Corby. Uh, Mindy, is there anything um, that you want to mention that we've missed or anything like that between? Uh, Yes, marijuanalifer.org. Right. Oh, yeah. Is that yes? And yes. I wanted to mention that we—it's uh, not a dot com. And then, um, so I was thinking I was clever, and I put up a, a little meme that has a hand with the patent number on it. And Amy let me know that that can be pretty ineffective and actually kill a campaign. So if you're out there and want to support that, talk to the hand. Simply write that patent number on your hand and take a picture. Put that up as your profile. That's one really easy way to um, help. Okay. Okay. So no cannabis leaf on it? You can draw a cannabis. You can draw a cannabis leaf on your hand if you want. 
I'm just saying oh, that what did you, you don't want to use the what, you don't want to use the canned meme, the fake hands. You want to do it on your own oh, hands. Take a real picture. Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna do one. I've got mine planned out. I'm gonna actually do like a release an art project on my hand regarding it. Because I want my oh, hand to get a whole bunch of views. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I can make my voice the loudest on my hand. So I'm trying to make it cute or something. I don't know. But, oh, you'll okay, get so it. Well, we're gonna go on there. Oh, that's a cute idea, Mindy. Oh well, I'm, we're Why, gonna go to our next guest, which is so you're welcome. So it's just Tom Gorby. Tom was a defendant. His wife Donna was a defendant. Thank you for listening, Donna. We love you. I'm glad to hear your voice earlier when I got to screen your call. It sounded good. Um, we love you, love you, love you, and thank you for your sacrifices. We're gonna talk to her husband Tom, who um, is a big leader for the human solution in the Northern California chapter because he fights for all of our prisoners and all of our defendants in Northern California. There is a huge war going on and Tom is right there in the front line trying to end it. Um, good morning, Tom. How are you? Uh, top of the day, Kristen, Mindy. Thanks for another morning, historical. Tom. Yes. Thanks for another historical show. And believe me, all these shows are historical. Uh, and uh, again, yes, the Sunday show has always been our original show. And uh, I'm so glad that these shows are still going on. Uh, when we talk about uh, the U.S. patent, the hand patent, come on, we all know for years there's been... Uh, I have a picture right here of Elby Musica with her monthly supply of marijuana cigarettes. Of course, we know it's not marijuana, it's cannabis. That's a made-up word in the song, The Scary and the Reefer Madness. Right. For, yeah, have we known for years, Christian, that what, 11 patients that the government's been giving uh, a monthly supply of cigarettes? And so Why? Follow the big Well, money. Tom, I gotta tell you, the first thing about those is that's terrible. It's bad, yucky weed, though. <laughs> They're giving it to them, but it's not the best medicine, is what I hear. Just a little side point I wanted to tell well, you. Who says they know how to grow weed? Oh, yeah, I couldn't quite get all that. Uh, anyway, yeah, so uh, we always say follow the big money, and we know the big farm. And they're all making money on us from big farm down. Uh, so I'm just glad it's being brought out. All we ask folks is to educate, not incarcerate, to check out any cannabinoid science. Uh, we know it's curing cancer. Uh, on my wife's back alone, I've been rubbing the, the coconut-infused uh, cannabis rub is awesome. My coconut oil alone is a miracle medicine. Uh so we know that, and then, so I'm so glad. I want to thank Amy Hilkran, uh for bringing this out. We're, we'll get behind it 100%, whatever we can do. Uh, also, uh, Craig Cecil, uh, it's always so good. He sounds so good. Uh, I've seen up and down with Craig Cecil and his health. Uh, he sounds really healthy and strong now. Uh, so glad he brought it out. It's a difference in uh, – clemencies and pardon letters. Uh, basically, they're a lot the same, but it sounds to me like a pardon uh, is uh, is more 
is more substantial. They will want to shoot for is complete pardons. Uh, what did you say, Christian, on that level? Well, yeah. On anyway. the okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So, uh, anyway, uh, want to thank uh, Craig Cecil, uh, George Mark Toronto, uh, honor him for standard ground. And uh, uh, George Monterano was just amazing. Can you imagine? Thirty years, three years in prison, uh, and he's out here. And what's he doing? He's fighting for others' rights so they can be free too. Uh, that's just seems to what we do. Uh, even when we resolve our case, like we did here in Butte County, uh, we just can't help uh, but helping others that helped us. Uh, and in Northern California. Uh, the mindset always is trial, big words, trial. Uh, is a mindset always, and what's that mean? Uh, Don and I were talking last night, again, if if, uh, if, if more than 7% of the defendants would take them on to trial, uh, we wouldn't be here today. They couldn't do it. Uh, we went to the courthouse in Butte County here. I don't know. It was probably six months ago, so ago, and I went in, and uh, it was vacant. I, I finally figured out why. They had two trials going on, and it just consumes the whole courthouse, and they just can't do it. It costs them millions of dollars. Uh, the feds, uh, they don't have the fed grant anymore, so uh, they're running out of money. So our mindset is always take them to trial, uh, in Butte County this week, uh, we're going to be in we're going to be in the courthouse, uh, Butte County uh, courthouse here, number one Court Street, uh, on the 14th and the 15th. Uh, court support is always requested, and local court support especially. Uh, when we talk about trial, it's even more important. And when the jury's finally picked, that's what will go a long ways for court support and to bear witness, not only to support the defendant. Uh, on, the, on September 14th at 8.30 a.m., uh, looking at the Human Solution International calendar, uh, humansolution.org. And by the way, feel free to use the calendar uh, for your events. Uh, for sure, uh, court dates and times that will help you. Uh, Eric Pierce, uh, all these all these cases here, basically here, there's four of them going to trial. Uh, they all they're all kind of uh, resemble uh, coming from uh, code enforcement. Uh, what's that say? Every one of these uh, cases is an injunction in a lawsuit. Because the code enforcement officers, first of all, aren't even qualified when they come. And we always say, when the code enforcement comes, have your private property signs up, ask them where the warrant is, and don't let them on your property. They're setting you up. And just like they said, Alex lines up uh, here, my neighbor that I've talked about. Uh, anyway, so Eric Pierce is going to... Uh, a motion to exclude evidence uh, at 8.30 a.m. at number one court street here in Oroville, California. Uh, uh, the same day, uh, we have uh, Matt Sear, 
Dawn Blocks here. We've talked about her before. She's been on Medicinal Mike Radio. Uh, Matt Sears has. Uh, they actually got married since they uh, got arrested last year here in Butte County. Uh, they're going on to uh, 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 to a TRC. That's a trial readiness conference at 1.30 the same day uh, after Eric Pierce's uh Motion to include evidence hearing in the morning. So we're going to bring court support for in the morning and the afternoon. Go to lunch and hopefully we can get a nice, uh, a lot of support. Uh, I heard Matt Sear actually has people coming from even out of state for this one. Uh, on the next day, uh, on the 15th, uh, we have Alex Lyons. Uh, he's my partner, my neighbor. Uh, he's my granddaughter's age. He's only 28 years old. He spent 40 days in Butte jail. Uh, he's taken him on. Uh, he waives his rights to waive time. He wants a speedy trial. Uh, the DA's backing down. He needs more time. So Lyons has got Butte County on the run, as it does, uh, I believe, the Benno's up in Shasta County now that the, the, the uh, officers are lowering up. Uh, and then that, that same day, uh, September 15th, at 1.30 p.m., we have Nick Moran, uh, pretrial conference, at 1.30 p.m. So uh, we have a heavy uh, schedule next week with court support. Uh, they're all going on uh, to uh, uh, trial assignment conference, and they're actually uh, on the 23rd, and then they're going on to uh, jury instructions on the 26th of September of this year. Uh, also, we just had Shelby DeSerrell, uh this last Friday at 8.30 in Sacramento. What's that say? 35 preliminary hearings. Now she's going on to her, basically, all these TAC, TRC, PDCs, uh, settlement conference never gets settled. They're just they're just continuations. Now she's going on to her sixth continuance, and it's just it's a, a pre-trial conference. Is what she's uh, on the 18th of November at 8:30, I believe. Uh, what a waste of time and taxpayers' money! And look at the lives and families that disrupts uh, for victims of crime. Uh, it just makes no sense. It's really illogical. But again, we follow the money. They're all making money on us. They're building more prisons. So uh, I want to thank everybody today on coming together to help get the solution to finally end this failed drug war and free all our POWs. No one should be spending their life in prison for a plant or die in prison for a plant as Christian's father. Uh, Richard Floor, uh, RIP. Uh, it's so sad. Uh, like, uh, I believe uh, Craig brought out that uh, people get three or four months for rape, and we're getting life without parole for our plant. Uh, it's unacceptable, it's uh, incomprehensible. Uh, mm-hmm. Come join us, help end this war on cannabis. I want to thank everybody today, and as always, Don would tell you, don't forget to breathe. It does really help, and just reminded me. Thanks, Christian, and uh, Mandy, for another great show. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Have a great Sunday. Is there anything else? 
No, thank you for no, all my yeah, dad. I love you. I love you. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. All. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Mindy, I think it's so sweet how he honors my dad. It touches my heart. Yes, it is. So, we did another show without our dearest friend in the world, Eugene Fisher. And yep, there's a time where, where we asked each other. I know, there was a time when we asked each other, oh, how are we going to do the show without him? Like, oh my gosh. But we dedicate this show to Eugene because he was the host and he helped us get get to where we are today. Um, so we don't want to forget about Eugene and his voice. If he, if he were to be able to reflect on today's show, crazy that the government owns it and he just want all of his friends to go home to their families. It's that simple. Um, so, Mindy, is there anything that we forgot or that we wish you mentioned before we do a closing? <clears throat> oh, I'm quite sure, but I can't think of what it is. <laughs> <laughs> We'll think about it tomorrow or five minutes from now. But okay, yeah, well, absolutely. Okay, well then I'm going to go into closing. Um, Mindy, I want to thank you for um, everything you do for the prisoners, and I'm not thanking you on behalf of all of our prisoners who are in prison. I want to thank you for them because I know they're very thankful. Um, and to everybody okay, who donates time to call. <laughs> And not just for you two, but everybody who calls into the show, everybody who thinks about them, listens to them, um, everything. We thank you all. Um, but we're going to go into close. And so we want to thank CCHI um, 2016 for giving us the platform to be able to host this show on, have this show on, to be able to deliver this voice to you. Um, and we want to ask you all to help us end prohibition right now by saying not guilty if you're ever called on jury duty. Um, if you refuse to do what the government wants you to do and you can see what they're doing, how they're manipulating you and they're not giving, they're giving you lunch, they're putting you up in nice-ass hotels, excuse my language, um, they're blocking evidence that you should know about, that's a clue that the government is, is conspiring to lock somebody up in jail that shouldn't be there. So you have the power as a juror. You do not have to be intimidated by the government. You can say not guilty and you will never be uh, in trouble for it, and that's something that you think, okay, well, the government's, you know, putting all this pressure on. I don't want to be in trouble by them and not do what they want. Don't don't think that way. It's it's very it's very um, crazy how they get you on their side, but don't do it. Just say not guilty, and also don't snitch because if there wasn't snitches, there'd be more trials, and with more trials. And when you snitch and you put somebody else in prison, you're just, like, making the prison system worse. You're making the war worse. And that, that is detrimental. We have to end it. And snitching totally is the opposite of ending the war. So vote not guilty and stop snitching. Um, and we got a free Richard DeLisi. He's working on his 28th year. I know there's a lot of them, but DeLisi does not get as much attention because he is in a state prison in Florida. Um, and, but he's got to get out. His, his kids just need him, need him period. Um, and go to freedomgrow.org and donate to commissary and say um, rest in peace. Okay, we're going to start that today because it's Sunday. There's a lot of people who cannot be on the show today or even in prisons today because they died in the war. First off, we want to say rest in peace to Eugene Fisher. Eugene Fisher was the old host of the show, um, and he 
served 25 years of a life sentence in prison for cannabis. And when he got out, he got out and fought for all of his friends he left behind. And a lot of his friends, a few of his friends got to see freedom. And that just means the world to Eugene. So um, we love you, Eugene, and you're a good friend. Also, rest in peace to my father. And I know last week I got real sentimental about this, and I'm, I'm not going to go into a lot of details about this because, well, you know what, I'm just going to say the one aspect about my father's death, and I, don't, I know I don't, there's a lot of aspects about his death, but briefly he died shackled to a bed. I had to take him off life support. But another thing I want to say is that my father, um, when they, just after the raid, during his first incarceration, he was incarcerated at three different places. During his first one, they had given him a... a they had given him a antidepressant that backed up in his kidneys and caused him to go basically they called it dementia. Okay, but it was brought on by first of all the first jail. But anyway, he was in in prison with mental disorder and he was losing his mind. He was seeing things, hearing things, and all that. And he did not get no kind of help at all for his mental condition. Now, we're not talking about all the physical stuff, but mentally will kill you. So. Um, rest in peace, Father. Love you. And I'll see him someday. Also, rest in peace to um, Gary um, Shepard, who is Stacey Tice's uncle and uh, Gary Shepard's dad. He was shot down by the federal government over 20, t- 20 times about 21 years ago. He died instantly. Mary Jane Jones, who was holding their son Jake, she was shot down too, and she survived to live another 20 years and just recently passed away. Um, their murders is just despicable. The federal government is should have no business shooting down our people for growing a plant, period. I don't care if it was one plant or a trillion plants. It's just a plant. In fact, we might play that song, Just a Plant, coming up soon to honor Gary Shepard. Um, in fact, that's going to be the first song we play tonight or today is it's Just a Plant. Um, Jack Hare, rest in peace to you. And that. Just a plant is, he's actually mentioned in that song. Um, so he taught us about cannabis, and there's a book out there called The Emperor Wears No Everyone to read it. Also to Peter McWilliams, who taught us about uh, living life and being happy through a series of motivational books. He's also uh, fought for libertarian rights and gay rights um, as he passed away on probation for the plants that he grew, supposedly choking over his own vomit, which he grew the plants to keep him from feeling nauseated. Rest in peace, Peter McWilliams. Also to Bill Lamorte, who was in prison for life for the plant. His voice was unheard because he was locked away for 20 years of his life sentence when he had two major heart attacks, fell to the prison floor. According to Eugene Fisher, he died of a major heart attack. He'll never be forgotten, not in our show, ever. Rest in peace, Bill Lamorte. And also to Larry Harvey, who passed away in the middle of the war while he was fighting for his whole family and the whole rest of our country as he was facing a de facto life sentence in the federal government for being a patient. He fought for our rights out in D.C. Also, rest in peace to D. Young for giving us Adam, Curtis Cecil, whose father is in prison serving his 15th year, to Spencer and Cashy Hyde, Spencer Costas and Cashy Hyde, who two little boys who was using the plant to kill their brain tumors. Well, when their caregivers got raided, the brain tumors grew and the little children died in the middle of the war. Also to Bernardo Martinez, who took lots of videos and to help us in the war on a worldly level, who passed away in the middle of the war. Also and to Lane Sammons, who was a ONAC tribal member who was using the plant that the tribe was sending to her to help her with a lot of different, um, a lot of different medica- med- medicine 
medicines. Anyway, she didn't get her medicine, and she passed away just, just briefly after the tragedy happened. Also, rest in peace to Oscar, who was Eugene and George's friend, who they say he went to FCL for the sky. Please help us end prohibition so all of our lifers can go home, all of our prisoners can go home. Nobody else has to die there, and um, people don't have to go to prison for a plant. So I am going to play a couple songs for you guys. I said the first one I was going to play is called um, uh, It's Just a Plant, and I have to find it on here because I had the other one ready to go to press play, but uh, it wasn't there. So let me see. Actually, I am going to play Cushite Seeks to No More War just because I, I can find it on here real quick. And then after that, I'm going to play It's Just a Plant. So check this out, Cushite Seeks to No More War. I just hold back your fingers to walk. I don't know why you brought us to walk. Can't figure out why. Like a damn malpractice 2012 and they still manifesting destiny With military industry complex style weaponry Depriving heads of righteous men while sipping on the Hennessy CIA means coke in America, apparently It's been a narco-plutocracy since the 70s Corporations profiteering, domineering everything Radio press, news in the media You better learn to discern from the bullshit that they're feeding you Like GMOs from Monsanto Ringing alarms at family farms so man can't grow Extinction 
and you don't get it. The country surrounding Israel, the holy land is now being in W.O. committed. The war is spiritual, but through the mind, the actions is how they get it. Or should I say distract? They say it's oil, but it's deeper than that. It's just more smoke to the mirror, so I radiate more hope clearer. Shed tears for my peers, the judgment day gets nearer. So I exercise mightier than the sword. Use a pen to paint the lines with conscious mind the world can explore. So maybe you can find out why they bring us to war. Some of the most powerful things that the thought that is made of men. Some of the most cowardly shit ever known to Shepherd. Um, it's called uh, It's Real One Sings It and it's called A Plant. That simple. Check it out. There we go.
all a part of Anslinger's bullshit To scare society, make people freak out If they smell marijuana, they for sure flip out Murder the world, drive off a cliff Become a sex play zombie from smoking a spliff The list goes on, too much propaganda Do your research, see what you can gather Cannabis, hemp, marijuana, weed has played a big part in our world's history Medicine, paper, food, feel, fiber It's not just about smoking and getting higher as a provider And nerve we can use, I'm just relating facts Spreading the news to the emperor wears no clothes Please read it, don't run from the cure, better believe it You guys, that was a real one um, with it's just a plant, and I'm getting tired. I've been working all week, including my only day off, so I'm going to end the show now and say thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a beautiful, happy Sunday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.